We make all kinds of connections, from our neighbors to our co-workers, from family members to people we interact with in business every day. What about the connections we make to ourselves? Today, we'll explore the connections that we make and how they define our lives. This is Things Worth Considering with hosts Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiousis. It's time to consider the possibilities. Good evening and welcome to Things Worth Considering. Uh, We're a weekly talk show that presents ideas to ponder, ideas to disagree with, and uh, hopefully things that are worth considering. I'm your host, Gord Riddell, and I am here with my co-host, our very knowledgeable doctor of naturopathic medicine, Dr. Alexia Georgiousis. Hello. Hello there, Gord. How are you? I am pretty well, thank you, I miss seeing you, and now it's going to be another month because Ontario is screwing up. I know. With this pandemic. Yes. Don't get me going. Uh, We are live. If you would like to join our conversation, please do so. It is toll-free from anywhere in North America. Uh, 1-888-346-9141. Now, this evening, our uh, edition is entitled Nutrition Outside the Box. And our guest is Carrie Lambie. Carrie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. Thank you for coming. Uh, Carrie's a holistic nutritionist who places her emphasis on assessing the whole person, including emotions, dietary indulgences. I love that. Indulgences. uh, And restrictions with the person's lifestyle choices in order to restore balance. She believes in the healing capabilities that food can provide. Um, Carrie uses her education from the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition and to help guide people towards a happier, healthier, more fulfilling life. Uh, she's also a graduate of the Ontario College of Homeopathic Medicine. As a mother of two boys, her arrival, uh, their arrival has been her inspiration for her journey into holistic living right from the very beginning. With the birth of each child, she went back to school to learn and grow so that she could offer them the fullest and healthiest life possible. How admirable. And I mean that seriously. Uh, mm-hmm. Carrie has some proven ideas to get kids to actually eat healthy foods and it is their choice. Uh, dictatorship really doesn't work because rebellion ensues, Carrie's quote. Uh, her main goal <laughs> is to make nutrition creative by getting people out of the box, both literally and figuratively, and out into the garden. So welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited. Good, good. I, 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 you know what? Food's not a big thing for me, but I, I like food, if that makes any sense. I'm not a foodie uh, at all. Uh, what I find really interesting. See, I am. I am. You I are really. Yeah, no. Yeah. I, I eat to stay alive. I don't live to eat. You know, I oh. eat to live. I'm one of those people I know. Um, so, you know, I was thinking, you know, with what you do, it must be very difficult to get people to eat differently or to change their diet. Um, you know, because, I don't know, you, you, you know, we, we just get really used to what we do. Uh, how do you see yourself being able to move from usual intake to something different? How do you get people to shift? I think, um, I, well, that's a really great question, but I think the big one is empowering them to be secure enough to make that decision. It can be scary, 
Um, you know, and economically, it can be a detriment uh, to be able to shift how you eat based on, you know, your circumstances. And that can be a step that could be a hindrance, especially in these times where, you know, every dollar counts. So really empowering the person to be able to make those informed decisions and the decisions they want to make at the pace they want to make it really begets a change just naturally. So, Carrie, I'm curious about that because, I mean, I am, I want to ask you first of all about how you decided to go into nutrition because I have had the privilege of tasting some of your delicious foods, like the gummies in particular. I'm waiting. <laughs> <laughs> I feel they're being very amped up, but <laughs> they really are. Well, look, and also, and anytime I see your, your um, images that you post of things you create that I'm always blown away by how relatively simple it is but it goes back to that you know aspect of feeling empowered and but before I ask you that question how did you decide to get into nutrition and what in terms of your relationship with food Sure. So food for us has always been very much a social component uh, growing up around the dinner table. We always sort of sat and chatted and had dinners that lasted probably way too long in someone else's world. Um, <laughs> and we just sort of come together just to more chat. So when, you know, I got older, I sort of really adopted that sort of attitude just naturally. But the reason why I went to school for nutrition was actually very late in life. It was after the birth of my first son. Um, and when I found that that I had no idea what to feed him, to be honest with you. And, you know, my mom would say one thing and somebody else would say something else. And somebody said, don't do this. And it was very much a judgment um, based on, you know, wherever you were in your own personal life. So I said, forget it. You know, this is, I have no idea what I'm doing. So I did online school and I reared my son with my husband, obviously, um, and went back to school and worked because I was like, there's got to be an easier way to be able to get some information to a new mom. And that was sort of the catalyst Mm. to really understanding, you know, what am I supposed to do for myself as a new mom? What am I supposed to do for my child as, you know, a newborn going into solids or semi-solid foods? And I had no idea. And I didn't want to do the prepackaged baby food route personally. And that's not a judgment thing. That was just not something that I was just used to doing. And I was really curious to see what else I can do. And because I love being in the kitchen, it was just a natural progression that I was able to um, find a way late in life to combine the passion and the love with something that could be beneficial to someone else besides myself. No, I wouldn't fantastic. say that's late in life. Well, it was <laughs> looking, late. I'm looking right at you, and I'm sorry, this is not late in life. <laughs> I think some, you know, I was not one of the lucky ones who knew their path early in life. I think I was one that needed circumstantially to find my path. Um, it wasn't late That's wonderful. Me. There's a lot of people leave this earth that never found out what their purpose was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. And, and, you know, your, your relationship with food, and I love that there was this sense that you decided to lead because it really is very challenging, I, I feel, that for new parents to know how do I, you know, prepare the food, what kinds of foods, um, and were you always health conscious around the foods you were eating? No. 
I wasn't. I wasn't. And that, and it wasn't, I didn't come from, a lot of people that come from certain backgrounds professionally have a a certain lead into that. So I didn't have any pre-existing health conditions. I didn't have allergies or anything like that. I just had a genuine love for food. Um, And there was a definite culture in our family based around the love of the enjoyment of the prep of food. And we always we're around in the kitchen and my dad is the cook. So he loves to be there and we all sit around and we chat and we do all this stuff. It's also a very controlling type thing too, because I love to cook and I don't want anybody else in participating. <laughs> right? I will my do, soup. Yeah. Yeah. Don't stir it. It's fine. Don't touch the pot. Yeah. It's fine. Um, yeah. But come and enjoy. And I think that that just sort of naturally was that way. Um, we always ate well, meaning, you know, for whatever my parents could afford through good times and bad, you know, sometimes we had extra money for something special and sometimes we didn't, but I never felt that I was doing without. And I do feel like there was that love in that plate. And that's just sort of how I naturally moved into it. I think I was just maybe meant to do it in a way that, you know, I, I ignored for all my life. It just seems very natural now. Well, it's very natural, though, to fall in, in line with your parents. You know, the type of food yeah. that they ate, they, did, they didn't have any sources of awareness around nutrition or this was good or bad. It's like what their parents probably did, culturally they did, you know, for uh, holidays and so on. You know, I think that's how most of us probably were raised. You know, and that's not a, that's no judgment on anybody here. No, no, it's everybody like, has their own way. We inherit. <laughs> yeah, and and similar to you, um, Carrie. You know, I had a family who we, food was important, and it, and preparation was important, and it was it was um, you know fun to to learn. Except that I did find, as Gord was saying, that I often would keep repeating what I grew up with. Yeah. And and not, you know, sure, when I would go out and, you know, go out for dinner or something like that pre-pandemic, it was to, to explore and try new things, but not necessarily cook them or attempt to cook them in my in my own home. And for you, are you pretty, um, like, how do you determine or how do you say, oh, you know what, I think I want to try that? Like, do you go on, do you just make it up or what happens? I really do make it up, to be honest with you. I do find that randomly I'll be like, what else can I do with this? You know, or something. And, you know, when you talk about your own family. So I'm in a family with uh, my husband and my two children, but I'm the only vegetarian. And everybody eats in different nuances as well. So I'm not, I, I went through a really strong journey when the boys were young about how they should eat. And I was a little bit more staunch than I am now in terms of what they should and shouldn't have. I was a lot more restrictive. And I started to realize that there's going to be pushback and there's going to be a lot of uh, questions. And so I opened up the conversation instead and said, okay, look, this is why we're doing it the way that we are. This is why we're choosing to do this and this and this. And I call it um, my classroom roundtable where the kids will all come together and they, you know, talk about what they're all having for lunch. And my kids would come home and they would question about why they're not getting some of these things. Why aren't they getting the cookies and the chips and the, and the things like that? that that 
they didn't get and they especially didn't get during school time because we all know myself included if there's a treat I'm going for that before I'm going for anything else right Mm -hmm. so when you're in school what's the first thing you're going to have at first snack at 9 10 right are you going to have your carrots are you going to have your cookies right so we opted to not give it to them at all but then as we got older that restrictive attitude started to really weigh on me because it was they were missing out and food is social as well. So food is inclusive. Food is culturally um, a way for us to bond together and it's not meant to be isolating and it's not meant to be ostracizing. So my whole view on nutrition pivoted based on the circumstance and based on, okay, I get it. You know, you do want to have these things. I can't be that one to tell you that you shouldn't have it, meaning Mm -hmm. it's not fair. Right. I'm not right. here to dictate to you. So we're going to find a happy medium where you can get what you want, but I still win in the nutrition game as the parent. And so that sort of spurned the creativity part of it, which was, OK, how can I get them something similar or the same, but still adhering to the value system that my husband and I adhere to to rear our children, but yet not ostracize them at school. And that just sort of escalated to where I am now. Wow. Yeah, it kind of reminds me, you know, that the dinner table for a lot of people is not a fun place. That's usually where the discipline went down, the questioning went down, uh, you know, would would wind up in some sort of an argument of some sort or or whatever. Uh, Certainly it was in my my house, not every night, but it was more likely, especially high holidays, was like, oi, oi, oi. Yeah. It was like, oh, here we go. And, And... Years later, I would see sort of there was actually a dynamical pattern that I was able to follow through and where I took part in it and what happened when I withdrew and watch the whole dynamic begin to shift, right? Because it's missing as one of its players. So I think that there's a lot of wisdom in what you're saying, you know, in terms of recognizing that that rebelliousness of, well, I want to have cookies or, you know, whatever, uh, is, is, it's going to show up at the food table. It is. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it, at least I think it is. I think it is. And, and I'm really curious also, Carrie, about how you said that with your family dynamic now around food, that how you actually apply this around talking about what the boys want. Does everybody eat the same? Because you're vegetarian, you were saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So do you end up, you know, cooking three different meals? Sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. And here's the thing. And see, yeah, see, a lot of people don't agree with that philosophy. And I don't always adhere to that philosophy. But here's the thing. And I think as a naturopath, you're going to really understand where I'm coming from. When you're around the table, and everybody's upset, and everybody's tense, and everybody's not, you know, enjoying loosely where you are, um, you're not going to digest the same way, right? You're not going to chew, you're not going to do all of these things in order to get those nutrients. If you're sitting at the table, and you hate me, for forcing you and I'm barking at you and I'm pointing my finger and I'm saying, do this, do this, do this. I might as well give you a plate of sugar. I might as well give you nothing because (laughs) it's not going to do you any service. And so, you know, compile that with the fact that I enjoy being in the kitchen and I enjoy trying to do that. I won't always do that, but you know, nobody's going to force me as an adult to eat something I don't like viscerally. I mean, viscerally, like I am not going to eat this. And so I sort of do the same thing with the boys. They still have to eat dinner and you can't be picky. But if there's a real, you know, unhappiness, a real anger with or not anger, but discomfort with a certain food, 
I don't want to sit at the whole table the whole night while you try to out time me to see if you're going to finish or if I'm going to finish. Right. So or you're going to sit there till you finish it. And then what are you going to do? You're going to be sick. Right. Yep. So if you yeah. don't like potatoes, okay, we don't have potatoes. I'll make you a small bit of rice. That is not, it's not an entire meal. It's an, it's a, an adjustment that I would expect the respect to be given to me. If I went to somebody's house and I didn't eat a certain way, I would expect, I would expect if as a guest to be sort of somewhat accommodating. And I think that makes it human that takes the stress out of eating and that creates a healthy environment to appreciate eating because you're not angry when you're eating, you're enjoying it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you go, you you drop out of uh, the sympathetic nervous system and you, the relaxation response comes in. Exactly. I think that it's a really, uh, very, it is a very interesting way and very, um, uh, what's the word, like inclusive. And mm-hmm. it's, it's foreign to me because, uh, you know, it's obviously, you know, in terms of being able to s- include young kids, because your boys, are, how old are they now? Nine and 11. Okay. <laughs> okay. So this is many years in the making, turning 12, <laughs> turning 10 this year, turning 35 sometimes, it seems. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no kidding, no kidding. Uh, kids are definitely wiser than we were, it seems, at times, especially around technology. Oh, uh, uh, true. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's uh, just that whole thing of, of allowing kids to have that voice, I think, is a real takeaway from, from what you're saying, you know, is that, you know, that anger that's at the table, you, you learn to gulp it really, really quickly and just get the... You know, and there's like, boom, gone out the door. And you may as well, you know, your stomach hurts and you feel terrible. And yeah, I remember it well. You're bringing up lots of really good memories here. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah, like, but it, I think that's, that's what that's I it. want people to remember about you is what, you're, is what you're presenting about kids. And what I need people to remember is we have to take a break here. And we will be back. You are with uh, Things Worth Considering. And uh, we're back here with Carrie in two minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. Follow the Voice America Empowerment Channel on Twitter. You already know we're full of great ideas and our hosts have plenty to say. We want to hear from you too. Be sure to follow us at VA Empowerment and come back every day to see what's next. 
It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiusis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, welcome back. We are here with Carrie Lambie. She is a uh, holistic nutritionist as well as a homeopath. And she's a pretty smart lady. Uh, <laughs> if you would like to get involved in the conversation here, uh, you can call us toll-free anywhere in North America, 1-888-346-9141. And now we go back to Carrie. Um, you know, um, a lot of what we eat is from our growing up years. You know, from our family, and we're we're definitely hitting on that, uh, and just the environment. The environment is so important that you're, you're you've hit on, um, but a lot of us have comfort foods. Mm. You know, uh, take away my comfort foods, and I'm probably not going to really like you right now. <laughs> you know, it's almost like it's almost like oh look, I'm making I'm making a mom meal. You know, like all comfort food stuff, and it says oh I must I must be feeling off kilter. It's like yeah. almost an, an external barometer of what's going on on the inside. How do you get people away from? Because most of most of our comfort food is probably crap. You know, it's not really all that nutritious. Um, I don't. What? No, absolutely not. There's an emotional component to food is just as important as the food itself. And so I'm not saying, you know, go eat a whole cake because it makes you feel better because then that brings us into a whole different conversation. But really, you know, what's to say that, you know, when I'm feeling down, you know, remembering and making my mom's best dish or my dad's best dish isn't what my soul needs right now, you know, and the nutrition will come next. You know, so I really think that, you know, you can parlay that into different conversations. You can uh, take the comfort food and spin it to your dietary needs now. Right. So for me, maybe my mom used to make a dish that contains meat and I'm a vegetarian, but I still like that feeling of home when I'm feeling down. So I'm going to adjust it to where I am now. So why not take, you know, the uh, sweets or the cookies or the cakes or this, you know, thick, creamy. Put them in one dish. (laughs) (laughs) Eat it all at once. Um, But why not adjust it to something healthy? Nobody says that healthy has to be yucky or, you know, um, not as enjoyable. It's the emotional, the component that comes with the food that is really what you want. You know, mm-hmm. it's the, yeah. you know, it, nobody wants, you know, when you eat something sweet, it's like, oh yeah, whatever. But if you eat healthy, eating something healthy, you can have that same reaction, but you don't have the ill effects later of, yeah, yeah, a, yeah. you know, a downed sugar crash. So <laughs> don't get rid of your comfort food. Absolutely not. Your body needs something and your soul needs something. So why not remember, unless you're, you know, again, if you're emotionally eating for something completely different and you're sad and upset and you're equating food to coping, then that's an entirely different segment in itself. But, you know, there's the, the pandemic has sort of spurned a whole lot of conversation about mental health and all of those things. But, 
you know, at the end of the day, if, if, you know, my mom's chicken soup, you know, high sodium packaged bouillon that she used to make is what's going to, you know, make me feel better then why not? Cause tomorrow I'm going back to the way that I was before. It's not going to hurt me. Well, I think that's such a really important point that you're bringing up because it allows people to not be so afraid of thinking that everything I'm eating is unhealthy or I need to be really rigid or really strict. And really, it's the, it's the relationship to the food. And, and you're absolutely right. I agree with you around if someone is in that place of need and this is their association, it's not coming from just a masking, but it allows them to feel just a little bit better, then it is absolutely fine to have that because we know it's that healing. people can yes yeah. it is healing and yeah. people can be you know eat at mcdonald's or whatever for life and they don't get ill but then other people can be very strict with what they're eating and they do get ill in terms of so so i think there's a whole aspect around we don't we have so much unknown and yet we know there are multiple studies that can support both aspects and they're still unknown so your um, openness to this, Carrie, I think is really, really uh, wonderful to be able to give ease because I do think with the pandemic as well, we know that people are drinking a lot more and, you know, eating a lot more and just we're just the self-care is just COVID been very confused. Yeah. So so going back to your aspect of time and, and in terms of with the kids and your self-care, what you find in the household, what are, what are some some aspects or suggestions you have for people who are struggling right now to have sort of, you know, relatively healthy meals for their families? I think always a really great practice is having a couple of staples in your house that, you know, you can use in many capacities. I always ask people, like, what's the one food you would cook with all the time, you know, and and having those in the house. And, you know, you can get tired of having something all the time. But if you put it in a different way, if you have kids and they don't want to eat something, but you cut it in a different way, you put it on something as simple as putting it on a different plate, you know, or you, you let them assemble it together, you know, all of those things change the dynamic of what exactly it is. And, you know, um, in terms of having foods in the house, you know, having things that are fresh are always optimal, but of course going to the store now is being something that is making some people really, really uncomfortable, um, whether it be circumstantially or otherwise, it's not for us to say. So, you know, trying to even have, releasing that judgment, I think is a really great way of saying it, you know, so buying the frozen fruit and vegetables can still be just as healthy as flash frozen as something fresh and trying to get the kids involved in the kitchen and say, Hey, you know, we're all home now, right? We're all, all our schools are closed and everything. So why not say, Hey guys, let's, uh, let's duck out of school early. I got some frozen broccoli here. I'm not entirely sure how this is going to turn out, but let's find something, you know, and you find a recipe or, you know, Hey, have you ever had this before? They're talking about cauliflower and they're making it into chicken wings. You think this is possible? You know, this kind of thing. And those kids get excited. I always, when pre COVID, even COVID, to be honest with you, um, I take the boys to the store and now not so much, but when they were younger, I would let them pick one thing. One thing. So say one dragon fruit, one zucchini, it doesn't matter because it's, it's cost prohibitive. And we say, okay, let's figure out what this is, right? 
you can make it. And even if it was something as simple as them just cutting it up and they prepared it, you know, and they're going to serve it to me and they've made a meal out of it, they start to really appreciate what else is out there. And that fear of it's green, it's slimy, it's gross, it looks weird, I don't want to touch it, all of that thing sort of okra. dissipates. Yeah, okra. Well, okra. <laughs> okra. I thought that's what you were describing. I, I love Sounds okra. Like slimy. <laughs> slimy. But I think all of that is, and having, you know, having something in the house it's and playful it has to yes. be playful you can't go through life feeling like there's a constant judgment cloud over you you'll never get away from it right yep. so you know when the boys were talking a lot about having cookies and things like that so I started making breakfast cookies for them and it's essentially everything in an oatmeal that you just sort of bake but oh my gosh how much easier to get them to eat a cookie than a bowl of oatmeal Right. And they're they're giggling to themselves because they're getting cookies for breakfast, but it's literally the exact same thing. So you you have to creatively figure out how to get them to, you know, see what you're doing, keep that conversation going. Um, I'm not a big advocate of hiding food and food. So people will say, you know, you know, oh, I blend all of these vegetables into soup and they never know. That's great. You know. Uh, for a purpose, but it's not great for empowerment and for information so that they know what it is that they're getting, right? If you don't like it, you know, you got to figure it out. Maybe you don't like it in this way, but we'll try it in a different way. But having that conversation, they'll never understand or like something if they never knew they had it to begin with. And it also robs them of learning. Like, you know, I I learned, uh, obviously, both of you did, you know, from being with our moms. You know, mm-hmm. and our grandmas and everything, and, and watch them cook and what and they fathers, were doing. And fathers, fathers too. Inf- no, no, not in my house. Um, okay, <laughs> my, my, my dad's. I was very specific house. about what I was talking about. Okay, me. okay. Uh, my mom, <laughs> my grandma, uh, and other mother-in-laws, you know, that married into the family. Uh, mm. You know, and watching all of them, but you know, if if everything was hidden away in some soup or something, like how would you ever know how? Why I can't now as an adult come up with that flavor ever again? Because I didn't know what was in it in the first place. Right. You know? Or that you ever had it to begin with. Or I ever had it. Exactly. I think you the know. other thing is not being afraid of mixing food. It's no. only food. You know, like to right. throw this in or throw that in or try, you know, various combinations. Um, I think someone taught me that a long, long time ago is not to be afraid when I'm cooking of just, you know, putting stuff together. And it's amazing what you can come up with. But I yeah. think there's that playful element to it. That's what I that's what I keep hearing you coming back to is you make it playful. I think like taking the fear out of um, expectation, I think is one thing, you know, where, you know, we have what's in our fridge. And yes, for some people it's really uh, helpful to have a recipe to sort of follow because we're unfamiliar but it's also just as good as you're saying to say hey you know I know I like this and this and I have a little bit of this because I'm a big advocate of minimizing food waste right so using everything that we can um, and you know keeping what we can't and using it in some other way so if I have a little bit of this and a little bit of this I have no choice but to put it together and make something out of it and I did that yesterday when I was making dinner I was like oh my gosh I don't want to go to the store because I don't feel like going but I didn't have I had you know less than a handful of broccoli and I had less than a handful of cauliflower but once you add those little handfuls together you know, you end up with a meal. It's like, oh my gosh, I, I had more than I thought I was, you know, and then yeah. keep keep the stock 
put those in the freezer, all your broccolis, all your onion skins, you know, half tomatoes, all of those things, put it in the freezer and you use that for your vegetable stock later. And you're minimizing all of the food waste that you have and you're maximizing all your nutrition. And then I'll take, sorry, go ahead. So it sounds like you're very organized. And I was just going to say that, um, you know, as a kid, I remember just in terms of food combining, and I decided to make one of my sister's scrambled eggs, and I threw raisins in it. And I have to say, it did not go over well. It was not something that was tasty. Not salty sweet. It looked disgusting because the eggs, the scrambled eggs turned kind of brown, like a pale brown. And then raisins, like, an, I don't know, I was eight or 10 or something, but that was just an aside. But so, you know, you have your schedule, you were saying on the break that you have the benefit of having a pretty, you know, comfortable schedule loose. And still, you're a full-time house person as well in terms of taking care of the home and everything else that's there around your family. But your work is still, you know, we know that having children is work. It's just unpaid mm-hmm. work. But um, how do you end up balancing that? And what would you say for someone who's like, has the children at home and they're, they're busy? Like they're busy yeah. with their, you know, their schedules. Yeah, it's really hard, especially with everybody being at home, you know. So you have to find... Um, the time in your day that is not going to take away from you. And what I mean by that is, you know, you go into the kitchen and if it's, you know, you're up in the morning and you have a a burst of energy or if it's midday, you know, really finding that time to be able to say, okay, look, I need to plan something. It sounds like I'm organized, but I'm really not. Most of the time I'm just spinning, but I've gotten a good handle on it. And so it looks a lot more fluid than it really is. Um, But I also know what everybody likes to have. And I think being in tune with yourself and being in tune with your family to be able to, you know, not have to question in that self-assurance that says, okay, look, I'm just going to take it by the reins. I'm going to do it. I don't need somebody else to sort of, you know, justify why I'm making something because I always will do, what do you want for dinner? What do you Mm. want for dinner? And then I get all the answers and then I hate the answers because I'm like, ah, now I got to respond to all of those answers. So taking the time, I was (laughs) saying that for me, you know, I do work full time. I do have my kids home. And before the lockdown, they actually were already home. Um, And, you know, my husband works full time out of the home. I'm just blessed enough that my work has taken me to be home. But I still have to think. And sometimes that means at 11 o'clock at night, I'm in the kitchen. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm doing something and it doesn't necessarily mean I'm cooking, although sometimes I am. It's sometimes like, okay, look, I got to think about, okay, what's in the freezer? Should I pull it out? Um, What do I need for the morning? Do I need to have something ready to go? When I know I have late appointments, there are days where I have late sessions, I make something the night before. You know, and I say, okay, look, this is what you guys are having. No ifs, ands, or buts. I don't care if nobody wants, you know, chicken today because you're having chicken and that's the way that life's going to roll for you today, you know. Um, But I make sure that I do that so that everybody is comfortable. But my mom anxieties know that everybody's eating, but I also don't fall in the pressures of I have to do everything homemade. If it's a day where I'm too busy, then we're going to have burgers. It's cool. You know, it's just like what Gord's saying about comfort food, that you can't be so restrictive and you can't place that judgment on yourself and that pressure on yourself. Start slow. 
right? Yeah. Pick one meal. If your one meal, your biggest obstacle for you is morning because mornings are the biggest struggle to get everybody out of the house and everybody wants, you know, this and this and this, then pick that day to focus on where you say, okay, look, for breakfast, we're going to try, you know, do making something ahead of time, or maybe we're going to try and have a new type of cereal or something that, you know, we all can have together and then progress into something else. Putting too much pressure on yourself is going to set you up for failure because you're going to get burnt out and you're going to get discouraged and you'll get nothing done. Yeah. And you'll just hate going in that room. Yeah. It'll, it'll yeah. be the, it'll be the dreaded kitchen. Yes, right. And people exactly. will say, you know, then people say, what's for dinner? Well, why do I always have to make dinner? Why don't you go and do something? Why don't you do this instead of like, okay, well, we'll come together. We'll figure it out. And, you know, take that pressure off yourself. It's a very collaborative approach that you're demonstrating and talking about. And also um, as Gord was saying, playful, but it's realistic too. And, and uh, I think that these are some really important points around giving yourself permission to experiment and then also include what about for people who you know food is like what gord was saying that for you gord food is just fuel essentially it's fuel. It's, it's you know fuel. so yeah. i mean I, get, I, I like good tasting stuff but yes you know i don't go out of my way to get food the way i know some people do and i think that's natural not everybody wants to be in the kitchen at 11 o'clock like i do either you know, mm-hmm. so you work to your own comfort level and your own capabilities and your own wants. And maybe you find something that you like. You might find that, you know, you totally love baking bread like everybody else. Maybe did you find COVID. someone who's a holistic nutritionist who's an amazing cook <laughs> who lives really close by. Exactly. <laughs> or who can do deliveries or pick up and drop yeah. off and be like, yeah. I need this. Do you you, uh, do you have a garden? Like you live in, where do you live? Do you live outside in the city, in the city? I'm in the city and yeah, I have in a backyard. In the city with a yard. Okay. Yeah, yeah because I, I just recall you saying something about that uh, the garden was now your playground. You know, it's figuratively and literally, you know, it's more the playfulness around stop being afraid about food, you know, yeah. and stop being intimidated by it. It's just food and it's I edible. I love growing stuff. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Especially, uh, seriously, I mean, I have plants and flowers and everything. And oh, look at mine. I See, can. look, I got tons of plants all over my house. I just yeah. love that kind of thing. So, yeah. yeah. My, my big thing's orchids. So. Oh, those those take talent. No, 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 no. Patience, patience. Like having children. Uh, <laughs> on that note, we will take some patience here. And we're going to segue on into a commercial. And we will be back in two minutes uh, with Carrie Lambie. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. 
it's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiusis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to Things Worth Considering. If you want to get in on this conversation with Carrie, 1 888 346 9141. Carrie, let me ask you this. You know, my, my experience as a psychotherapist of helping people create lifestyle changes, uh, you know, it's taught me a lot about when fear enters into it. Mm-hmm. I know how important food is when it comes to people having medical emergencies, such as a heart attack, you know, uh, cancer diagnosis. They'll, they'll go into a whole holistic thing, or at least nutritionally, they will try and, you know, pull up their socks knowing that they've spent the last 40, 50, 60 years not doing that. Uh, but, you know, as the, as the medical emergency calms down and the fear begins to subside, it's right back to the old way that we were. You know, we forget sort of the impact of that fear. You know, fear's not, fear is a very bad motivator uh, for most people because once we don't feel the fear anymore, we go back to what we were doing. So I was wondering, you know, what you encounter here with people who are almost like medically forced to make a big lifestyle change. Yeah. Dealing with that fear. And I think the fear is real. And I think if you can tangibly hold on to not the fear that comes with it, but the drive that comes about that, you know, where you really take those reins and you say, hey, you know what, I want to be better and I'm going to use this as the reason why. I always say I create habits, not fads when it comes to food, you know, which is, you know, do you want to go back to the hospital? Because you can go. You know, mm-hmm. you the, yeah. the ownership comes from yourself. And if the fear is the catalyst, then you're the one that's going to sustain it when you get better. And, you know, we have short memories, right? We're like, yeah. oh, I, I'm fine. I'm going to go back to yeah. all of these things. And I have family members that are exactly the same way. And it will come back, you know, and you'll, you'll end up back in the hospital or you'll end up back on those medications that maybe could have been the ones that you may not have had to been on. Or end up so, yeah, right. but if they end up dead, they won't come back to me. So hopefully. Well, that's true. You know, yeah. don't you hate losing clients that way? Oh, my it's God. It's like, come on, guys. But I think creating. No dying. That, no dying. Stay with me. But I think really, I think accountability is key, right? Mm-hmm. And I do that with my kids as well. I do that with myself, right? If I, I'm someone that suffers really. Um, feverishly with headaches. I get them consistently. I That's just my, you know, proverbial cross to bear. But I do know that I am a very big coffee drinker. I love my coffee. And 
you know, those of you who know me know that I am a big coffee drinker. I love my coffee. But if I don't acknowledge those signs of dehydration because I've had so much coffee, then I'm going to be, you know, suffering for the day because of it. And it's the same thing when someone comes to me and they say, you know, I have to lose weight. I got hypertension. I have this and I have this. And you start to feel better. You have to allow them to sit in and lean in to the fact that they do feel good and they are empowered and they can do this without um, falling back on the unhealthy habits by, you know, empowering them to continue on and without fear that it is attainable. Nutrition should be relatable. Nutrition should be accessible. Nutrition is not about economics. Nutrition is about what we can do to be better for ourselves without judgment. And if there's small steps, then take those small steps. And if those small steps take you years, then better to do the small steps forward than the jumps backwards. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that we need to be motivated uh, as to why am I going to do this? Going back into the hospital... See, going back on those horrible meds, those, those are coming still from the fear position that, you know, I want to do this because I'd like to be around with my partner for another 20 years or my, see my kids graduate or whatever. I think we need to have, you know, establish really solid goals for ourselves that move us forward, even if it is, you know, tiny little steps along the way. And they have to be realistic, you know. They have to, you know? They have to be oh, realistic. Totally, and also, it totally. also it speaks to becoming an adult and mm-hmm. and actually because who wouldn't love to have all their food prepared for them and you know I'll the table set and the laundry everything that's there that's like I don't even Should have, have to think queen. about right I don't have to think <laughs> about what I what I want to wear and and I think that this is where there's a reluctance sometimes when people do have health issues to actually say they can feel overwhelming. And I think that's what I see as well in practice. I'm sure you do too, Carrie, where it's like, mm-hmm. oh my God, where do I start? Because it's so, there's so much information out there and we know we are in an age of information overload. Yeah. So it's like, where to start? And I mm-hmm. think that's where, you know, working with somebody like you, because people can find you through your, just direct message you through the nutrition outside the box, correct? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I know you do homeopathy as well, which is great. Yeah. And I think, you know, really that overwhelm that comes from, especially coming from illness, you know, coming out of any type of illness, you know, the overwhelm with life in general seems so much because there's so many changes happening, you know, with lifestyle and otherwise. So nutrition shouldn't be, you know, that proverbial burden. It should be that one that's going to sort of help you to lighten that that load that you have and if it is one breakfast a week that is the one that's going to be the one you're going to focus on or if there's one meal that you really want to focus on then forget all the rest of it you know yeah, forget all of yeah, the yeah. other ones and you know move forward with that one if it's well, think- if it's creating more stress stress you're like you're doing it wrong absolutely yeah, absolutely i think that gives a, a really great starting place for people to just take the ease of saying, oh, I can just do it once a week, one meal. It doesn't even have to be daily. And and that's the same yeah. that goes through, <clears throat> pardon me, with exercise or start very, very simply. And you also spoke earlier, Carrie, to the aspect of um, affordability. And I think this is, you know, it's a huge issue around how vegetables and um, healthier products are typically 
more expensive than the junk that's out there. And we this has been like that for years where you can go buy corn dogs or, you know, whatever else, but buying a, a, a box of or lettuce or tomatoes or whatever is going to be more expensive. And and when you're working with people who are have some financial challenges this way, what's your advice to them or how do you how do you help them out? Um, well, first of all, I have to say that I think um, healthy eating can be less expensive than, um, you know, the convenience foods when you break it down per okay. food, per meal. Um, what it is, is a matter of forward thinking and knowing what meal planning and knowing how to budget and knowing how to utilize what's in your pantry um, to be able to have those healthy meals at a cost-effective matter manner. Um, when it That's comes great. to... Yeah, when it comes to healthy eating, you know, it can be a judgment thing. People will always say to me, don't look at my cart if you see me in the grocery store. Like, I care, right? I don't care. (laughs) I don't care. I'm not even looking. But, you know, there's a preconceived idea that only organic is healthy and only this and only Mm -hmm. da-da-da-da-da. And how you choose to eat is your own prerogative, to be honest with you. But I would rather see you eat a cucumber than, you know, something that wasn't fresh from the produce aisle, regardless of where it came from, if that's where your economics take you. And I think, you know, being able to do that without judgment is really, really important. So, you know, there's a preconceived idea that, you know, frozen foods are not healthy. Well, they can be, and sometimes they can be healthier because they're flash frozen right there on the spot versus coming up from somewhere else in the States or Mexico. Where it takes it's, seven days, yeah. Yeah, right. so, and frozen vegetables and frozen fruit can be extremely cost-effective. And according to your budget, you can buy in a large amount and not worry about food wastage because you can keep it in the freezer and you can use it as needed. So there's always that accessibility to something healthy. I think I think the issue that I cu- I'm curious about is that often it's the it's the sense of being satiated or filled. Mm. That that with eating vegetables compared to something that's heavier, whether it's like, you know, as I mentioned, the corn dogs. I happen to actually like corn dogs, but it's, like, <laughs> it's not something that I, I want to admit, but I, it's true sometimes, on occasion, very rare, Why not? but Why this not? happens. But, but um, you know, that's more filling than having a cucumber. Totally. But it's you know? also, they, they don't compare. Like, right. look how much water is in a cucumber and look how much filler is in a corn dog so you know you can definitely have something you know that will satiate you more and comparatively speaking be that food that's going to fill you up and have you um want to not have something else afterwards you know nutrient load the nutrient load right yeah the more healthy your food is the more you're not going to reach for something later because you're going to be your body's gonna be like totally you've given me what i need i'm off to go do something else kind of thing and so you know if you are going to have the corn dogs and if you are going to have whatever it is then you know whatever have at it that's your thing um but there's definitely ways to be able to have the healthy food the fresh food frozen food prepared food foods at home that are going to, you know, give you that exact same feeling, but it's going to take that creativity. It's going to take, you know, the lentils, it's going to take the beans, it's going to take the chicken, it's going to take it in its raw form Mm -hmm. and being transformative. 
these things don't just miraculously appear like they do in the cardboard frozen boxes in the grocery <laughs> store. I walk right. into my kitchen to look for that every day and nothing's yeah. appearing. It's not going to happen. It has to, you have to do it. There's accountability that comes with nutrition. There's accountability that comes with change. And if you don't want it, you know, you won't do it. But if you want change, the most minute amount, buying a broccoli that you never would have bought before is that step forward to empowering yourself to that healthier lifestyle that will lead to the next step and will also lead your children to walk alongside. And I don't want to say follow because I don't think that that's right. Mm. It's it's mm. it's collective, mm-hmm. right? You walk alongside with me for the journey. Mm-hmm. Don't follow me and not question why you're behind. Walk beside me and we'll figure it out together and we'll stay away from those foods. But, you know, on the days where I'm working late, I'm going for the corn dogs too. It's cool. I don't mm-hmm. feel bad. I don't yes. feel judged because yes. of it. And the kids feel like they're getting something that, you know, is not necessarily everyday kind of thing. Yeah, they learn balance. You're you're kind of teaching a balance and, and also bringing fun into it. I think that Gord was saying around being very playful. And I think mm-hmm. that food can be very playful. Um, and it and the preparation and the colors and the, the smells and the tastes and it, it really it is it is where your senses become alive. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, and you take the understand the whole emotional impact of all that. Yeah, for sure. Like, there's yeah. nothing better than having something put down in your in front of you, and you're like, ooh, right? Ooh, ooh yeah. amazing. You know, or I'm ready you for s- dinner now. Yeah, me too. Yes. <laughs> me too. Kiri, I thank you so much uh, for coming. Uh, Thanks this for was having great me. chatting with you. Yeah, I learned lots. Uh, sharing with you. Uh, now, if uh, people would like to get in contact with us, you can do so through uh, info at spiritgrows.ca. Uh, next week, um, uh, which is April the 15th, my friend and colleague Jennifer Drummond will be here, and we're going to be discussing her work through her new company called Racial Lens. Uh, Jennifer's focus is on systemic racism uh, that has really come to the surface during this pandemic, something that needed to have surfaced a long, long time mm-hmm. ago. Uh, Jen works to help people become anti-racist. It will be very informative and a lively discussion. Uh, if you'd like to see what's upcoming on the show or upcoming at the college, please just go to transformationalarts.ca. Uh, just that easy. One big long word, transformationalarts.ca. This is Gordon Dell and Alexia Georgius is here at Things Worth Considering. Have a great week, a healthy week. If it's in your... Uh, Uh, ideas, please get vaccinated to help everyone out. And we will meet you back here at 8 p.m. next Thursday. Good night, everyone. Good night. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Things Worth Considering. Please join your hosts, Alexia Georgiousis and Gord Riddell for another edition next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, think about the connections in your life and how they define who you are. 